0: It's another episode of Movies You Should Love with Lauren and Scott. Hey, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of the Movies You Should Love podcast. I am Lauren and with me is Scott. Yes, uh, Scott, the ever-present other person on here who is not me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It is true. uh, We'd like to uh, just invite you to... uh, to chime in with us here. Uh, you know, We say that Movies You Should Love is kind of like film school without the tuition. And we kind of dig into movies and talk about why uh, why we think you should love them. Um, and if you have thoughts or whatever, you can talk to us on our Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Should, or on our website, MoviesYouShouldLove.com. And be sure to leave us a rating on iTunes. That really helps us out a lot. Uh, a good rating. Uh, if you hate us, please don't leave us a rating. <laughs> um uh so today we are talking about well i was gonna say uh i was gonna say we were talking about a film but we're actually talking about at least three films and maybe ancillarily a few others as well uh, that's as right we, uh so the the topic at hand
1: is beauty and the beast Yes, and we're going to be kind of discussing and uh, comparing 1991's uh, Beauty and the Beast, brought to us by Disney, Uh, 2014's Beauty and the Beast, which was a French film uh, directed by uh, Christophe Gans, whose name I'm probably mispronouncing, I apologize, France, and 2017's Disney's Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) And I think you mentioned there was a couple other, like some earlier uh, films, but I think it was these three that kind of uh, inspired this particular episode.
0: Yes, but these all kind of – well, I, I think I think our original discussion was like, hey, let's talk about the animated one versus the Disney uh, live-action one. Right. Uh, That's right. Because uh, they're, they're both kind of um, – well, there's a lot similar between them <laughs> and, and a few things that are different. Yeah, and yeah. then we kind of went, well, you know what? There's also this recent uh, French film that came out in 2014. Uh, and so yeah. let's kind of throw that into the mix as well and just kind of talk –
1: Talk through Beauty and the Beast, yeah, as it as it stands today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cuz with the 2014 one, I'll kind of start there just briefly. Um stood out to me because it was a trailer that I saw I guess 3 years ago at this point and went, "Oh, that looks pretty. I want to see that." <laughs> and then I never got to. Like it just it was not a movie that ever was released anywhere in America that I'm aware of. Um and then it kind of popped up on Netflix recently and it's still there if you're listening to this um basically live here in uh, september of 2017 it is on netflix um you can watch it it stars vincent castle as the prince and leah uh leah sadu um as uh bell as well as an entirely other french and german cast um it's a really really pretty movie but um beauty and the beast lauren why do we keep
0: making this movie well, you know what? That is actually kind of my big question uh, out of this. It it turns out, like I went back and looked at this. There are a lot of Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. uh, films. Uh, I mean, we've been we've been doing this, and the, the, the funny thing is, like this is not uh, this is not the uh, the oldest of fairy tales that we have. It was, you know that the original fairy tale is what from from the mid 1700s yeah the early yeah. 1800s something like that so i think the um, first
1: one was i read it was it came out in 1740 and then yeah. like republished like 20 or 30 years later as kind of the the story that we kind of know it as
0: yeah and uh we have been making films about it since at least the 1930s um and uh it seems like every decade or two, there's at least a new version of this film, um, and and then if you're wanting to, to to move past that, there have been TV shows and like so much other media that has also been created out of this story. And to me, I think it's because uh, there, there's something about this concept of um, I, I I think that there's th- this thing where you put. Uh, this romantic story at the middle, which is kind of what most of literature and and storytelling is about, is is love, and this one adds this element of kind of this beastly metaphor to it. Um, and because that is there, there is so much that can be taken from it, depending on your context in time. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I think when this probably came out in the 1740s, in you know, as a French uh, fairy tale, it probably had uh, as much to do with like classism and yeah. arranged marriages and things. You know, because this is like right before the French Revolution, and it's I interesting. to you know, see
1: that. Yeah, yeah. The people in it are not.
0: Uh, he
1: seems like a beast, dear, but get to know him, and maybe there's a prince inside
0: yeah and you know and and the people in it uh it's it's a merchant who falls on hard times. It's not you know some some young waif or something who this happened to it's it's a fairly prosperous middle class family, if you will. um uh you know you you move on through time and um you know it just it becomes about the romance of it or it could be uh uh maybe even kind of a feminist message eventually, or you know, I, I think there's a lot of ways to take the central conceit of a, a a man in beast form, because I, I think that that, mm-hmm. um, you know, taming the beast, uh, I, I think there's something, you know, we, we talk about women and their bad boys, or uh, sure. you know, all of that kind of stuff, like, like, there's all of these things that you can go to with that. And uh, uh, so it's it's just, there's a metaphor at the center of it that I think keeps pulling people back to the story.
1: Yeah, I think that is – I think you hit the nail on the head there uh, with that because I was watching the, the French film last night and uh, for all of its differences, there is that central point there at the – the, like, there at the core of it is the romance and – um and there's been a lot of discussion about some of the problems of this story i think that i think you know those of us who grew up watching the 1991 we all kind of loved it and i mean rightly so it's a beautifully animated film with just a just amazing soundtrack um but as we kind of grow up and get older, we kind of go, there's some problems with this story. I don't know if I'm comfortable with some of this. You know, you start, you know, you talk about, the you know, the, the bad boy kind of concept, the I think I can fix him. And then there's a it's this Stockholm Syndrome. Is this, you know, all these other things people start throwing at it. Um, and that that is very present in the French film as well. It's like it's just part of the story. And for me... Just looking at you know before we even get into the individual films, it's a little strange and a little problematic for me. Just like, as a if, if I sit down and think about it you know for more than five minutes, I kind of go yeah that's I don't know about this story you guys. <laughs> I mean if you just take it as a relationship metaphor, I guess if you take it as in a broader context, like as a, uh, a I don't know as a. Uh, not a salvation story necessarily, but a That's redemption seen, seen, story.
0: Yeah, I think past people's flaws as 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 a general concept, yeah. and you're looking and deeper I, and finding the person within yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, there's
1: still value to that. I think there is. I think there is value to it. And I think out of the three, I think the French film and the the newest uh, Disney film um, does that kind of the best because we get to spend a little bit more time with the prince with on both of those films, and so it's not so one sided. It's not so you know. From the from Bell's perspective um, though the, all three of them really are from Bell's perspective um, I, 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 uh, yeah it, it's it's definitely a, a story as far as these timeless stories go that I kind of wrestle with but you know maybe that's not really an issue because I mean you look at something like Romeo and Juliet and it's also extremely problematic but it's also a story that keeps drawing us back and we keeps demanding us to retell it mm-hmm.
0: well I think I think maybe this is a, a key point. that um maybe uh we we have this tendency to to point out things that are are problematic or whatever but i think you know life itself is kind of problematic and and so there's maybe an element of you know what here's this here's this story that people have related to for now a few hundred years and you know what can it tell us today and what can it uh what can it you know, yeah. it's it's fine to identify the problems with it, but is there also you know positive things about it and, and that kind of thing? And, um, yeah, I I don't know. Maybe maybe we as people are just drawn to uh, to
1: problematic uh, things. <laughs> that could be that could well, be. A I, thing. Mean, I, I don't know. No, I don't think you're wrong. Um, because you know, you know going back in time to you know, ten year old Scott went and saw this uh the 1991 animated film in the theater. And it, at the time, I remember thinking, this is really a girl's movie. Like, <laughs> it was one of the first times I remember really feeling like, I don't know if this movie's made for me. But as I got older, Belle was definitely, when people talk about the Disney princesses, Belle was probably the most relatable. Uh, today, as, you know, you a know, middle-aged man, as I look at these princesses and go, you know, and these stories that get told, um, Belle and Moana are these two characters that I probably connect to the most out of... Um, the whole line of of Disney stories. And there is something to be said for the songs that, especially that come from Belle, about the longing for adventure, the longing for something more, something out of this tiny, small town that she's kind of trapped in. Um, and I get that, I really do. And it's really interesting. You talk about like, you know, life is problematic. And she is in a small town and is faced with, you know, the very existential issues of her father. And, you know, are they going to have enough food and, you know, everything uh, for tomorrow? And then he gets sick and that is also a bad thing. Um, but then there's also just like the stuff that goes on with the, the townspeople and her feeling alienated and alone. And then the, the advances of a creep. And, and know how easy it could be to accept that. and it, But it would be a lesser life, possibly, for her. Um, and going on this adventure, then, where she meets someone else who I think everybody would go, no, no, <laughs> that's even more problematic than the last creep. But it turns out to be this kind of wonderful adventure that, you know, ends in love and ends in this kind of romantic kind of uh, situation. Um, I, I, I think that's something that if you don't connect with necessarily, um, I don't think that's necessarily an issue, but I think it's something that a lot of people kind of, um, can connect with even on the broadest, uh, in the broadest kind of senses of, you know, wanting something more out of life.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, I think maybe that's kind of, uh, maybe a good place to leave the interpretation because, uh, this, this story, uh, I, I think there's probably, you know, Twenty or thirty ways that you can interpret it, <laughs> at least, yeah. and and like we say, there are problems with it if you come at it from certain ways, but there's also, you know, also ways you can come at it with with positivity, and, um, yeah. and and I think maybe maybe what we could say is you know uh, we're not we're not here to judge the uh, the content of the. Uh, of the story per se as it is the films themselves and so maybe that's maybe that's where we should jump in here um and and
1: some of the uh (laughs) some of the uh no philosophical no absolutely i i kind of wanted just to kind of mention that and also kind of wanted to put out there that like i'm actually a pretty big fan of all three of these films so even if some of the things that i'm about to say sound like big giant negative question marks um know that it actually comes from a place of love because i actually really really like the disney versions both of them and i actually um the french film isn't my favorite of the three or of the ones i've seen um but there's a lot in it that i also really really like and would recommend people watching so as we get into this now as we get into the actual films um do know that this is coming from a place of like love love
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely i i agree with that i i have Uh, Definitely the the two Disney ones, uh, especially the animated one, like it just Mm -hmm. has a very warm place in my uh, in my heart. And uh, yeah. Um, All right. So maybe that's a place to start. Uh, Let's talk about the animated classic from 1991. Uh, mm-hmm. At this point, you know, when it came out, uh, maybe hard to call it a classic, uh, up until the point it was nominated for an Academy Award, uh, for best picture, which had never happened to an animated feature film before. Uh, it wasn't nominated for just like best animated feature. It was literally best picture of the year nominee. Uh, right, that's, which that's does amazing. not, I mean, even today does not happen. Like this is, this is a big, big deal. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think some, some reasons for that, uh, one that the animation is just beautiful throughout this film it is it is kind of this moment in time for disney where where they had started uh working with you know some some 3d uh animation techniques where they had started working with um you know uh, the the singing songwriting duo that they had at the time and so it just like all of these elements come come together in it
1: this this is this is disney really trying to reclaim its former glory um I love basically all of the Disney movies, but I think most people do recognize the fact that like the late 70s through most of the 80s were a rough time for Disney as it tried to deal with whatever issues it was dealing with. But then it kind of said, we want to do that old Walt Disney animated movie again. And they made The Little Mermaid, which was went over like gangbusters. And they followed that up with Beauty and the Beast, which just kind of solidified Disney as this, we're back, you know? And it was like this kind of, um, new golden era of disney animated films which was just wonderful to be a part of and to to watch and yeah i mean like it's like everything about it it's just perfect it's like a lean 85 to 90 minute movie that just clips right along and is it catches you a little off guard and just like sweeps you up in the into this story it's mm-hmm. it's pretty wonderful yeah. and you know
0: yeah, it's it's one of those things where like the, the music to it is like every song is memorable, the animation is memorable, and the the storyline never stops or slows down. and everything in it just just works to keep telling this story uh, that, that takes you on uh, just this really
1: romantic and imaginative and exciting journey. It is, I think, kind of worth noting, um, that there is, I mean, it's the, it's like the Disney version of the Beauty and the Beast story, just like, you know, almost every other Disney version of, you know, when they do a classic story, like Little Mermaid, like Tarzan, like, like any of them, they kind of, they have to, uh, make it a little bit more family friendly than the original story. And most of them usually end in a happy ending where a lot of these stories actually really didn't end with a happy ending, um, originally, um. And it, it, so, like, there's there's certain elements that kind of get lost in the animated version, which, you know, for, you know, honestly, for me, I'm fine with. It's like, I, I kind of like this version the best. Like, it's fine. We don't need some of the other things. Um, but they start um, bringing out some of those elements. They try to, they did bring a few of those things back for the live action, uh, Beauty and the Beast. Um, but yeah, I mean. Yeah.
0: Uh, so let's, let's jump ahead. Uh a few years to the french version then that Mm -hmm. came out uh 2014 um you know it had had been uh what 25 years roughly something like that 2020 some odd years to
1: 2014
0: yeah uh however that math works uh and uh you know that's that's a fair amount of time i know there had been uh like a failed tv show and some other things that happened in there but uh you know i think i think um
1: oh yeah I was forgetting about that 80s Beauty and the Beast with Ron Perlman. I forgot <laughs> yeah. about that.
0: Uh French uh, French French filmmakers uh in in 1946 there had been a French film that kind of set the bar of of what um of what cinema in France was was going to be like for a while. Uh it was kind of a touchstone for that and it also happened to be a Beauty and the Beast film. Uh and it's it's very good in its own right. Um it's a little bit dated now in its um, um, it, it very much feels like a, a film from its time, but it's also a very good film from its time if that makes sense. Um, and so I think uh, uh, coming in in 2014, the uh, it, it was probably time to to revisit that and maybe try to reclaim it as, as a national heritage almost is, is kind of what it feels like to me.
1: Um and it doesn't it doesn't happen very often that I can think of. but I do I did enjoy the fact that this was a French story being told now by French artists. Like there was something to be said for that sitting down watching it, knowing that like, this is kind of like this is our story. Let us tell it. And I appreciated that,
0: yeah, and I think I think that is probably the thing that that benefits this film the most is that it is a production that that understands the uh, the sensibility of its. Uh, of its own story it it understands the culture it understands all of that um, and uh, uh I will say uh if you're if you're watching this, I watched it with the French I tried watching it with the the english dub uh, oh. uh, don't uh stick with the uh, stick with the french subtitles uh I just i wanted to see like how to recommend that and stick with the french subtitles people
1: i, I assumed um, because um my on netflix i you don't have the option. <laughs> Oh uh, no, you did, do. Uh, you
0: it, it is on Netflix but, with, with
1: uh, So I'm just saying, I don't am take off. So
0: op- right
1: I'm so furious right now because it for my mine just started with the English dub and I tried to switch it and it kind of maybe my remote just wasn't communicating with my Apple TV because it didn't. Um, it didn't go over to like the different languages. I could do like Spanish subtitles, but I couldn't go to different languages. So I watched the whole movie dubbed, and it's not great, <laughs> you guys. It, it's super yeah. not great.
0: <laughs> yeah, please, uh, please, if you it, it, switch over to the French and watch it with the subtitles, you will get. Uh, even though they speak pretty quickly, and and maybe you kind of have to keep up with the reading of it, it's so much better. Um, so much better. Uh, I I can't stress that enough. It was it was kind of night and day for me when I switched that over.
1: Um so furious
0: <laughs> uh, it, I mean, it's, seriously
1: it, it's just it's just disconcerting to constantly be hearing these um words that are clearly not matching up with the actor's mouths, and it's one of those things where I forgive it when I watch like anime or something like that, but when it's something like this, it's just like w- why why do you sound that way? why do <laughs> what is happening and it's just it was disconcerting through the entire film,
0: yeah um so uh so beauty and the Beast is directed by um Christophe, uh, uh we, we said this already, Christophe Gans uh, uh, who I first learned about because of Brotherhood of the Wolf, the Pacte de loup uh, which is a, a 2001 French film that I uh, I really enjoyed quite a lot um it was it was kind of a strange mashup of horror and French re- revolution and yeah. uh of other stuff <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, but what was really memorable uh, about it was the the visual style of it um it was uh in 2001 when it came out it was um uh, it was just it was just a gorgeous film uh, it was, it, yeah it, it kind of came out at the weird. same time as like amelie did and some of these other french films it just yeah it challenged was very very distinct
1: yep to, while also kind of incorporating a lot of like some of the new styles that we were seeing coming out of Hollywood, like it kind of, it benefited from being made after the matrix while it doesn't have necessarily, you know, the same kind of style as that you can kind of see where they're learning from, you know, from each other. And it tells this really great story. And I've, I haven't watched it in a couple of years. I wonder if it, how it holds up, but like, um, yeah, that's where I first uh, met this kind of this director. And uh, that was a movie I know that we, uh kind of clicked on in film school and uh still love it i still kind of go back to it sometimes and think about it and have uh incorporated some of the themes and some of the stuff that i have kind of written and whatnot um but go on sorry yeah oh no it's fine i i was just going to say uh that it's
0: obvious that that he has kept moving with his visual style since then uh because probably the 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 biggest thing i can say about the the 2014 french beauty and the beast is it is uh it is very visual <laughs> um, and that is both good and bad at times uh it is it has some of the most stunning imagery that i have ever seen and it also does its itself a disservice at time by by going too far with it
1: this movie is i i feel like it's two hours long i think that's what netflix told me i remember like kind of pausing at one point and say yeah it's one hour and 52 minutes and I feel like a solid forty minutes could be cut from it. <laughs> I mean, there there isn't anything specific like get rid of this subplot, of this subplot, or this subplot. But it's a very quiet, slow movie. I felt it, like, it is it. It definitely has some pacing isu- issues. I would say as well.
0: Um, it kind of starts out that you know maybe what the first twenty or thirty minutes you're getting basically the story of the father.
1: Right, which, yeah, and that was what was, I did find kind of refreshing and interesting about this, is that he really did set out, uh, this is, I mean, who wants to make a Beauty and the Beast movie after the 1991 Beauty and the Beast movie? It's like, it. that was like a defining version of that story. That being said, he really rose to the challenge and like took like that original story about the merchant and told a bigger, broader story, and really, I think, told a story... Kind of of his like his own story, like his own version of this, that is very true to like the original, while still in a, in a lot of ways trying to capture and and successfully capturing in, in certain scenes and moments some of the feelings you have from that Disney movie. So he kind of goes like, yeah, that's that movie, and we can do that too, but we're going to do it in our own way. And I think he succeeds in a lot of in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, the first thirty minutes is just it, not world building necessarily, but just that kind of setup. And it's set up for, you know, why Belle goes to um, the castle. Yeah, and then and then Belle goes to the castle, and the next
0: hour or so is her at the castle with flashbacks to the prince
1: before he turned into a beast. Right, you get to find out the story as to why. And that that was some of the interesting things that happened. That being said, because of the pacing and because of the way she discovers the story and even some of the dialogue she has with the beast like this, the stakes seem super low
0: <laughs> yeah, very very low
1: like he's kind of like hey you can do whatever you want just come inside at night um, later on he's like you can leave but you know please come back you know he's just kind of like there isn't like he isn't ever really all that menacing like he menaces the father I think that might be the, the scariest he really ever is after that he's just like you know I live with this guy now and he's hairy.
0: <laughs> he's hairy. He's kind of petulant and a little bit um
1: Yeah. He raw. verbally every now and again.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 verbally abusive maybe maybe too long but like we we fight. <laughs> like that's kind of it. Like we verbally yeah. spar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um there, uh, And then the, the last Yeah, sorry.
1: I was going to say the, the, this was this I will say this was the sequence that if you're a fan of um, Legend I got a big legend vibe <laughs> off of this movie and off this uh, this kind of middle hour. It reminded me a lot of um, I forget the actress. I want to say her name is Mia Sarah, but I don't remember. I feel like that's Ferris Bueller. Anyway, it, I, there was like a certain like real. Um, this it reminded me a lot of that film of some of the you know for good and for bad. If you like Legend, <laughs> you might really like uh, Beauty and the Beast um because of that relationship she has with the the lord of darkness or whatever he was um it was interesting i kind of went oh this i think this guy's a fan of early ridley scott to bring it yeah because our podcast you guys if you haven't found out is really just a ridley scott podcast (laughs) in which we get to discuss other movies
0: exactly um and and then it kind of ends with it, it pulls back some of the threads from the first 30 minutes into the last 30 to 40 minutes of the film and and kind of wraps everything up
1: right um and which is me, which is where you really for me that's where you i really felt like the we have to do the storming the castle scene from the animated film because right that's not in the original story that's something that was really created for guest on and the mob to do in the disney film so you could have a climactic battle um and yeah that, in the original ahead. story,
0: it's just it's a much more subtler sort of ending where you know yeah, sisters yeah. end up being bad and yeah she uh, goes brother, home you know. and
1: she tries to show him like, she shows them her dresses and when they touch it the the dresses turn to rags and then she takes it back and the dress turns beautiful again she's like oh that's because this dress was meant for me it's not meant for anybody else I'm gonna go back and see him <laughs> and that's kind of how it ends you're like oh okay <laughs> yeah uh, yeah there's
0: it's it's um it's an interesting thing because because it does feel like like they went you know we need a big fight sequence here at the end Mm -hmm. and that's where also kind of the effects really fall apart to me is like when the giants show up and the the, the vines
1: yeah
0: it's just it's so over the top and and really unnecessary for the story they've been telling yeah um the other thing that kind of struck me is that as as much as and interestingly, I I think this is probably the, the one part that all of these movies really could have, have broken very easily, is creating a beast that was not um, convincing or good. Mm-hmm. Uh, all three of these actually have very good beasts in them. I agree. Uh, which I think is, is fascinating. Um, I don't this really... Beast... Go ahead. Oh, I was going say, I don't really buy the love story between Beauty and the Beast in
1: the French film. No i don't either like i really kind of feel like uh there's uh so there is a, there is a really interesting twist to this story about how that he becomes a beast and there is this other woman involved in the story and i really feel like it should have ended with bell reuniting them somehow i know that's you know the, the way the plot uh, unwinds that's not really possible but i feel like she should have turned him back into a human and then said now go get that wood nymph <laughs> you know and and gone on her own merry way she had her adventure and now she and she saved her father she saved the, the beast and she can go home now um and because and i think part of the reason it also kind of falls a little bit flat is that you don't get to see them actually reunited in this yeah. film in a weird way you see the transformation you get the you know you get the beast back to man scene, but then it pulls out and because um, the beginning of this movie actually begins as a storybook you know there's a um, somebody's reading these children this book um, and it's the story of Beauty and the Beast and then so in the in the climax of the film he turns back into a human and then all of a sudden like the the picture kind of goes into like illustration mode like it kind of fades like oh now it's drawn and the book is closed. And you're like, what? (laughs) And there's an extra scene there that kind of explains the ending. And you, you get a certain amount of closure from that final scene. But we have spent the last two hours, basically, in this world with Belle and the Beast. And you don't get to see them hug. You don't get to see them kiss. You don't get to see, like, this moment should live on. Not this extra moment, which is a weird little twist to the story (laughs) you know it's it's a little it was a little ungratifying and maybe i'm not french enough to appreciate that but um it it kind of fell a little flat for me in that last you know especially that little you know the last five minutes There, i was like oh (laughs) we went through so much yeah i i completely agree it just it it's really good
0: it's it's in fact it's maybe more of a fairy tale feel than than either of the disney films and I you know agree. if you're interested if you're interested in that kind of a take mm-hmm. on being the beast or just or just kind of like that fanciful uh fanciful sort of film uh definitely watch it but it 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 has some pretty serious
1: flaws in the storytelling for for my taste I, I completely agree I, I was I was telling um, the wife before we started recording you know that it's actually not a bad movie to put on in the background like if you are working on a craft or something or you're doing something in the living room and you want to put something on this is a great movie to kind of like work around look up, look at the pretty visual and go back to work um, because there is a lot to be taken from it and honestly like watching this I felt like I could really imagine a great book. Like, this is like, it feels like a very true adaptation, you know, um, a very accurate adaptation of a book, even though it's a completely kind of reassembled retelling of the story. Like the the wandering through the castle, the seeing the, 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 the prince's backstory, it felt like this is something that should be narrated. This is something that we should be inside Belle's head. But unfortunately, we're not really allowed ever into Belle's head. And so all you get are really quiet scenes of her wandering around the castle. You know, there's a pretty soundtrack and, you know, the costumes and the colors are gorgeous, but it's like it's it's not really enough to draw you in ever. And so the payoff in the end is a little unsatisfying.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. So uh, so with that said, cut out three years later. <laughs> yeah, three years later. So so Disney decides to to do a live action. Basically remake. If you yeah. will, of, of their animated feature now, which which I think is fascinating because they have done some quote unquote remakes yes. prior to to this, uh, they have not been
1: uh, this faithful.
0: Kind of this faithful. Yeah, I was going to say shot for shot. This is not shot for shot, but
1: it's 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 close. It's, <laughs> there there it's... are sequences that almost are definitely. Um, Um, yeah, because well, Disney's in this interesting place right now where they're still making their animated films. Um, but now they're also kind of getting, they, they seem to be wanting to get back into their live action stuff. And to do so, they're not making new live action films. They're kind of repurposing old, um, old movies, whether it's, you know, it started with Maleficent, I feel, um, where it was a retelling of Sleeping Beauty, but from the witch's perspective, um, so they're going through those animated films. They're doing that. They did Cinderella. They did, um, excuse me. They, but then they're also uh, doing um, like Peach Dragon, and, and Jungle doing, Book. Yeah, and Jungle Book. Sorry, that's the one I couldn't think of for some reason. Um, Peach Dragon's interesting because it is also. Have you seen Peach Dragon? Yes. Yeah. So it's great, but it's also not Peach Dragon in any way. <laughs> no, it's it's its own complete separate movie. It yes. Is, it's a, they, they kind of took, like, what, it's like they said, what's Peach Dragon about? Great. I can make that movie. And then kind of made a movie that tried to give you the same kind of feel that a 1970s, 1980s family film would give you while telling a completely new story, which I really enjoyed. Um, I, I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, but then comes Beauty and the Beast, which is a movie I was really excited about when they announced it. I was like, cool. These have all been great. I can't wait to see what they do with this. They start announcing the cast. It all sounds great, and then I couldn't help but be a little bit amazed that this was the first one where it seemed as if the readaptation process stumped them a little bit. Or it's kind of like, why would we try something like Jungle Book is a, almost a different movie. You know, it's like it's a little bit closer to Rudyard Kipling's original story. Um, uh, Cinderella likewise is, you know, has similar um, scenes, but is generally a new movie. This one they went, uh, we're not going to touch it, you guys. <laughs> That's a perfect film. We're just going to, you know, add a couple scenes and move on.
0: <laughs> let's give let's give uh, Belle a little bit more agency in it, and let's uh, yeah, flesh Belle, out a few characters
1: exactly, and you know, and we're going to uh, plug a couple of those plot holes people have noticed over time. And call it an A. Day. Not not that that's bad, but it is fascinating to me. Like, uh, I mean, other than the cynical like cash grab, why make this movie?
0: <laughs> well, here's here's kind of how it felt to me. Um, I I walked in kind of like, oh yeah, nostalgia, um, and and that was kind of shattered pretty quickly you know, in a weird way for me um, because it's. Like the, the music is the same, but it's slightly different. And it's it's not yeah. bad, It's but it's, it's it, you know, the the, the there, notes don't go the way that you've sung them for the last, you know, since 1991. Right. So there, there,
1: it, It's the same kind of dissonance you have when you hear your favorite song and then you hear your favorite song live and you're like, oh, that's not how you're supposed to sing that, sir. <laughs> when you were in the studio and recorded it, you sang it this way. And it, it kind of feels that way where you're like, no, I know this song. Why can't I sing along with it? It's different now. And And what struck me is that it almost
0: felt like what we what we got was uh, they made the film in 1991 and then they made the Broadway musical. Right. And now we're getting the film of the musical. OK, I can see that. That was that was the kind of the way I had to, to flip my thinking to to be OK with it again Interesting. Um, in that it's it's. It's not. It's not the animated film. It's the musical, which was a tribute to the to the animated film. Sure, sure, <laughs> um, But yeah, it's weird. It's it, it, here. Here's I think the 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 place where where I really struggled the most with it was that um, in animation, every every part of it is a struggle. Um, there is nothing free in animation. You don't get happy accidents. You don't get, um, you know, that the look that the actress gives to the screen at a certain point. Or, you know, like, that doesn't happen. You are, you are fighting for everything. Yeah, everything is on purpose, and you are fighting for every minute of it. And every literal, like, frame that you go beyond a certain amount of time is going to cost you dollars. If you, if you So you have to get your storytelling tight, and, and your music, and your dialogue and you know the the glances characters give each other and literally everything in the film all has to drive the same thing home and push the story forward every second of the film um it it doesn't mean there's not room for gags and that kind of stuff but i mean you're either you're, you're either pushing the story or you're pushing the the entertainment forward at every moment um which gives it an energy, right? There's energy to the animation because it has to be, you know, things flow and, and they move and there's kind of this frenetic thing to it. Um, Beauty and the Beast, the, the live action, is, 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 is like that without the energy. It's kind of like, let's set up a soundstage that looks like the set from Beauty and the Beast. And we're going to have people do the performance through it. And we're going to put cameras there. And we're going to catch it all. And and it doesn't have quite that same planned or or uh, just the energy to it that the animated film has, and I think that that is a major flaw with this that would be more forgivable if we had not already seen the animated
1: version. That's that's what's hard about trying to do a real compare and contrast. When I've heard people complain about the live action one, it's hard because there's a part of you that goes like. It feels wrong because it's not the '91 version that we all know by heart. Like we know the beats, we know the lines, um, and so there's a part of this that always feels just slightly out of sync. And so, there, and and that's no fault of this film other than it's always going to be compared to the animated one. Um, here's what we get out of a live action Beauty and the Beast, though, is you actually get a live cast and there is something you know as much as i love hand-drawn animation and i love computer animation um there is still something to be said about looking up and seeing a real person seeing a person saying those lines emoting those feelings and you know singing these songs that does i feel like it 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 transcends just that extra little step just it, it gives you just that one more little in into this world where you go this world actually exists it's not animated it's it's real there's a there's a there's a village in France where people sing at the drop of a hat I have to go there someday <laughs> um, and so you get that and so like Emma Watson Dan Stevens Luke Evans uh, Josh Gad and Kevin Klein like they are they I think are all really perfectly cast and there's something else that this movie gives me and like what, i've only seen it the once we watched it in the theater and like i got like emotional like weird like I, i'm getting old and i get weirdly emotional at weird moments the first song kevin klein sings that uh, kevin klein plays her father there's like this little box he's working on and it's like a father singing to a daughter and i was just like i can't handle this movie right now i can't do this. you know i'm like what is this i like, it's just it was a bizarre little moment but it, it, it connected with me in a way the 91 film never did um and then likewise, there's also <laughs> – I have to – it has one of my favorite jokes of all time in this movie. Is uh, It's between LeFou and Gaston where it, it, it's so brilliantly layered to demonstrate just how dumb Gaston is, which is he sees Belle and he's like, oh, she has this – this." Uh, and LeFou goes, uh, je ne sais quoi. And Gaston goes, I don't know what that means, which I <laughs> – a door because a it's a frenchman <laughs> going i don't know understand french because it's a french <laughs> phrase so he doesn't understand what that means second it literally means I don't know what this is. <laughs> and So he's actually saying like I don't know what that means when je ne sais quoi means like it's an undefinable thing. I don't know what that what it is. And I heard it in the theater and I was like I bust out laughing and I was like the only person in the theater laughing. <laughs> like everybody else was like what? I was like sorry, it's 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 a French joke. Never mind. Um so that's so that's what you get from this. I think I think that's one of the the huge benefits you get is that you get a live cast and gorgeous costumes and you have all this one of the downsides to this is um photorealism and that applies to your animated cast i think the beast looks superb um there is i'm still not convinced i mean they look great but it is a little weird when you see the live clock and the live candlestick there is still something where it's like it needs to be intricate it needs to look real it needs to look like something from the 18th century france but also it needs to be Ewan mcgregor singing and dancing and that balance is really really difficult And i think they generally nailed it i mean it looks great but it's not lumiere <laughs> you know it's not not the lumiere that's animated who is such a perfectly wonderfully designed um character uh visually um that being said when they all at the end when they start getting transformed back into into furniture maybe forever again got choked up i got choked up over furniture in the movie <laughs> you know so it's like it's 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 a weird balance that it like this movie kind of is able to i think it generally does it well but there are times you know where i think some of those things can also be um you, you're not quite sure of it you can it's like it works but it also slightly takes you out of the movie
0: yeah i i completely agree with that it it in its own way the the just the the cg work of it is a little troublesome in its in its times and uh you know as um uh it, it is it is it's that uncanny valley right that pulls you out of of the film and um I, maybe that is part of also why the animated film works so well, is that it's all one design, and it is like you were talking about before, like like something that exists as a, as a great book that you're just you know inside someone's head, like yeah. it's almost that sort of thing. And both of these live action pieces have have parts that pull you out of that, yeah, because because of
1: the technology or because of uh, whatever reason um oh, absolutely I and mean, that that is that's one of the huge strengths that animation has you can draw something that doesn't look like a mouse and call it a mouse and in this movie it's a mouse you know it's like mickey mouse is clearly a mouse you guys but if you try to put him in a live action film just the way he looks that would not be a mouse by any stretch of the imagination but it works within the context of this well-designed well-crafted animated short or animated film um yeah and I also I also want to say that I really do appreciate that this Beauty and the Beast gave the beast a song and also so with that and with some of the earlier scenes we do get his side of it more which I always which I still feel like from the animated version is one of the weaknesses the animated version has is that you don't get his perspective on anything it's just he's just there for Belle to kind of fawn over yeah it uh that is that is the strength of
0: this live action Uh, piece as a whole i would say is that it does fill in a lot of those little kind of missing backstories and character arcs that just uh you know in in the animated film uh people are are a lot of them are stereotypes in it right because because they are um and i not that they aren't in the live action, but but at least it goes through and gives them some reasons for it and some a, a little more depth and a little bit more understanding of of why they would do that. You know, bell I think especially gets some of that. That's really nice, and and like you're
1: saying, the Beast.
0: Um, uh, you know, even Gaston gets a little bit, and that's that's kind of nice. That no, no,
1: absolutely. He's, I mean, he's he's one of my favorite villains because he's such a a dumb dunderhead in the animated one. Like he's. He's my favorite. He really is. Like he's got like the best lines. He is so vain, and just like everything about him is great. But you don't really understand him. He's just you're like, why are you here in this town? Why are you fawning over Belle? What is your deal, my man? And in this, you go, oh, he's returning from the war. There's things. There's like this other world outside of this little village, and there's just these tiny little layers. Even his relationship with, Lef- with LeFou is kind of not necessarily explained but flushed out a little bit we're like okay these two guys serve together or whatever and so you understand the whole situation like i there's a lot of those little details i really appreciated um yeah i mean and honestly i i think all three of these movies are well worth anybody's time um it's just you know this is kind of um what we do in film school, this is what we do as movie lovers. Uh, We look at these things, we kind of turn them upside down, see how they work and see why they work and see, you know, how maybe somebody in the future could, you know, in 2024, when it's time to make this movie, maybe learn from this experience and uh, make an even better film.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know, I think that's, that's the fascinating thing is that, you know, here we are uh, talking about three movies. There's more than these out there. Right. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about these these three specifically, and um, you know, uh, at the end of the day, like they all have their their issues, they all have their problems. But the flip side is, we have three really good Beauty and the Beast movies. Yeah, um, yeah you know, three they are, they really are all. Good
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: um, and uh, yeah, uh, I I think that um, at the end of the day, um, you know, enjoy the ones that speak to you. Uh, if none of them do, uh, obviously there's room to tell the story again. So go figure out how to do it in a different medium. I, I think the, I think the uh, the story of Beauty and the Beast has enough metaphor and meaning to it that uh, you know the world is kind of open for it uh, and and obviously is interested in this story. So
1: so oh, go take it and do something with it. I just thought of something. This is one of my biggest gripes about the animated film. And here's the, all you future filmmakers out here. This is what I want to see. I need a true blue sequel to Beauty and the Beast. Because the character of Belle as she is set up in especially in the animated version, is someone who is longing for adventure in the great worldwide out there, and she doesn't get it. She gets like sidetracked by a boy. What I want to see, I want here's your here's your pitch. It begins shortly after their wedding, and they are going to go out into the world now. She's like, I, she's like, this is great, I love this all, I love you, Beast. Um, whatever your name is, but um, I want to see- time for adventure. Yeah, time for adventure. And the beast needs to like be reintroduced to the world and see the world through Belle's eyes and see this whole thing. And I feel like you could go on so many different magical adventures, and just send them out into the world, and they can go through things, and it would be it could be a whole heck of a lot of fun. I don't know what the story is, but like, that's it go make that movie I I really want to see the movie of the prince and Belle, uh you know going around uh France going into the forest seeing you know meeting a new beast that you know the other beast uh beast of what's it a uh, chavadeau um beast from Brotherhood of the wolf you know oh yeah yeah uh, you know it's like There's so there's so many stories out there that you could tell. You could do something that's kind of a little bit horrific. You could do something that's just high fantasy. You could do something that's um, Brotherhood of the Wolfish because I mean there is clearly magic in this world because of the story of within Beauty and the Beast. There are enchantresses. There are wood nymphs. There are things out there. Oh man, I would read the crap out of this graphic novel series. It's like this is and and here's here's part B of that challenge. Yeah. Uh, make it a
0: continuing love story of two people who are already together. Don't have it end at the part where they fall in love. Right. Have it have it be the continuation of love because that is something that we don't see
1: nearly enough of out of Hollywood. Completely agree. Completely agree. Okay, so she has seen the man behind the beast. Who is that man? Let's learn that. Let's see who this prince is. Let's see who these people are together when they're not, you know, in constant conflict. Let's Let's grow together and grow forward. Man, you guys, if you make this, like, you don't have to credit me. Just let me know you did it, because I really want to see this. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent.
0: Well, guys, I think it's very obvious that these are movies that we love in very uh, certain ways. And uh, we hope you do, too. Um, And we'd love to hear your take on our take. Uh, So, uh, Scott,
1: where can they... where can they talk to us about stuff um, as you said at the beginning of the, of the episode you can find us on Facebook just type in movies you should love you should be able to find us pretty quick I think we are facebook.com forward slash movies you should um, or go to movies you um, you will see a big glorious uh, website page it'll have this episode up, other episodes you can comment you can contact us or you can search for us on Twitter even um, yeah basically if you just google movies you should love I think you'll find us
0: awesome yeah we would love to talk with you uh and as always we will be here next time uh with with more uh discussion about movies that we love absolutely we'll see you then
1: you've been listening to the movies you should love podcast join in the conversation at movies you